Welcome to live. I'm glad you guys are here tonight. I have uh, an amazing couple on the stage right here. <clears throat> and so as we, uh, as we get going tonight, I really, really, really want you to fight your ADD with everything in you. I'm going to ask you to turn your phones off right now. I don't th think I've ever done that. And tonight, I really want you to disconnect for a little bit. And you're like, well, that's where I take notes. Well, that's okay. This will be podcasted. It'll be on. It, it's all over the internet right now, live. There's people on here watching. And so you can go back and watch it. But I really want you to disconnect. Because I believe that God has something special for you tonight. And I want you to lean in and zone in on, on whatever it is that he wants to tell you. Because these two people right here, this is Michael, and hold your applause, this is Michael and Amanda Tadlock, and you may have, have seen them around, you may have, have watched them from a stage, but there's so much more to that. And I think sometimes we see people on a stage, and you may put them up here and be like, man, they're just, wow. And they are, wow. But there's so much more that I want you guys to hear about. And the goal of tonight is, is this. Number one is that somebody's life will be changed for eternity. That's the first goal. The second goal is that you're going to hear from a married couple who puts Jesus number one, themselves number two, and then everything else. And then number three is that they're normal. Like they're a normal, cool, Christian married couple. And that's why they're up here. Because there's some married Christian couples, and I just don't think they're normal. So I don't want them up here. I'm just kidding. But I'm not really. That's how I feel. But these people are normal and fun. And so uh, let's just, let's get started. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get going. Father, tonight is about you. It's not about me. It's not about Michael and Amanda, it is all about you. And I pray, Father, that you get the glory tonight. That, that tonight when people leave, they just remember you and that's it. Father, get us out of the way and somehow, some way, use us to change the path of one person. If that's a person watching online, if that's a person right here in this room, we just pray for one person to have their life changed forever. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get going. Why don't you tell everybody, just kind of intro about yourselves, and I, I really, and the truth is, like, I've known these people for, I don't know, seven years, but I don't really know them, and I hate that. And so I'm excited to hear their story right along with you, right along with you. I'm excited to hear your story. And so why don't you kind of just tell us, get going. Um, hi. Hi. Nailed it. Good start. Um, so uh, where, where our story begins is how we met. And, uh, and I was living in New York, Manhattan, and, uh, and being a big shot actor, I went there to go to Musical Theater Conservatory. You're welcome. And, uh, and got out of school and was doing a bunch of Broadway and film and tap dance and things like that. And uh, it was much thinner <laughs> at the time. And, uh, and then God called me into the full-time ministry. I didn't know what that meant. And uh, sought a lot of bunch of wise counsel, uh, teachers and friends and other pastors 
he kind of intersected my life and everything else stopped. Couldn't get a money job, couldn't get an acting job, couldn't do any of that stuff. And uh, it was really clear. I talked to one of my uh, mentors and he said, you know, man, you've, uh, you've gone to school to learn how to speak to people. And I said, that's right. And he said, and, mm. and you've been a believer since you were seven. I said, that's true. I grew up in the church. And, uh, and he said, well, you're not a slouch on the Bible, but it sounds like maybe you need to go to seminary. Maybe you need to go to Bible school. So if he's called you to minister to people, you like really know <laughs> what you're talking about. And I said, that's a good word. That's, that's good. And so uh, it just so happens I, uh, I moved down. My dad lived, my parents have been divorced since I was nine. And uh, we both come from broken home. And uh, my dad lives in Atlanta. And I moved from Manhattan to Atlanta uh, just to live in their basement and, uh, and stockpile money. And I was going to go back up to New York to attend seminary once I kind of paid off some debt and got some stuff together. And uh, my stepmother, who she and I did not have a good relationship at all, basically uh, when, when my parents got a divorce, you know, my dad went and in, in our knowledge of the time kind of started a new family. I have a younger sister and, uh, and I have now a stepmother and a half-brother and a half-sister, so kind of a mirror image of what was seemingly broken at the time. So my dad and I did not have a great relationship when I moved from New York to live with them, and my stepmother and I were not even communicative, basically. And uh, when I first moved in, she said, you know what, Michael, um, both my parents are drug dealers, they're pharmacists. So uh, they said, you know, my, uh, we take, uh, we take, uh, (laughs) we take a bunch of our clients to this super fancy restaurant. You were in New York, you were doing a bunch of fine dining and stuff. You should go to this restaurant to get a job. You can make a lot of money there. And so I was like, great. So I walked in the door and I, I walked in and there was a hostess standing there. And I said, I'm here to inquire about employment. I didn't say I'm here to get a job, right? And, uh, and she said, well, let me, uh, let me get the manager, and, uh, and out walks Amanda. And Amanda was managing this restaurant that I went to get a job at. What and, was the uh, name of the restaurant? Like Macaroni Grill? Macaroni McDonald's. Grill, that was it. What uh, was it? Waffle House. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was this, uh, it was this super fancy French-American bistro called Bistro VG. Mmm, VG. Yeah, so VG. And uh, it was gorgeous. And, uh, and so she had been managing this restaurant, and I, already, I always give her a hard time. I'm like, babe, you knew. You hired me, you knew, right? <laughs> and, uh, and she most certainly did not. I was uh, straight from New York, and she thought that, you know, I was like, eh, I was like, <laughs> it was a no. And, uh, and so she hired me. I got the job there, and, uh, and very quickly, um, we, we started to form this friendship. And she was my boss, and I was leaving to go back to New York. So there was no thought of any romantic thing going on there. God's hand was so heavy on my life. In that moment, I, I, honestly, between us friends, I was, I was fearful of messing it up. So m- me thinking about dating anyone or entering into any type of relationship was the furthest thing from, from my mind at the time. Because I, I knew something else was going on. I didn't know what it was, but I knew the Lord had a call on my life. And so that's how we met. We, we met. She, was, she gave me this job at the restaurant. But I will be honest with you, uh, since we're up here <laughs> in front of the entire internet and a bazillion people. Uh, this this person that you see before you today was not <laughs> who interviewed me uh, for this job. She was very different. And uh, you want to say anything about that? Yeah, Amanda. Yeah. Okay. By the way, go I'm ahead, Amanda. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Amanda Michael. is an amazing uh, communicator, Bible teacher, teacher, fantastic. Uh, a lot of people enjoy to hear from her. And so I'm interested to hear, because I would have never guessed that, you aren't this person that he says. So why don't you kind of let us into the... The secret knowledge yeah, of Amanda. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so 
the day Michael came into the restaurant to interview for the job, um, the person that walked out to meet him was very broken. You know, I, I as he said, we, we did both come from broken homes, but I, um, I had not really had a lot of great godly men influencing me in my life. And um, not a lot of people that were paying attention to me in a way that was, uh, well, Christian for sure. I mean, I, I was looking to, to get attention, but for the wrong reasons. Um, I was trying to make relationships work. I was trying to be desirable. I was really trying to be attractive. And so often I had been disappointed and hurt and let down in relationships because, frankly, I was trying to, I was trying to make boys, you know, relationships fill a void in my life that really my spiritual walk was completely lacking at that time. I grew up um, with a godly influence in my life, but I had some crazy experiences in church and just like a lot of, I got bullied in church. I'm sure none of you have ever experienced anything like that, right? People are always nice in church, right? And um, some of the girls were actually kind of mean to me growing up in the church, and it really kind of pushed me away from wanting to be in that community. And so I didn't have a lot of really good, wholesome, pure purity, you know, talk in my life. And so I was just kind of really searching for affirmation, for love, for somebody to accept me for who I am. And, and when Michael came along, I was kind of at a place where I was really bitter about all that. I was like, I guess it just doesn't exist. I guess I just thought, like, like that fairy tale stuff isn't real. You know, and I'm just going to have to go out there and make this work, you know. And um, so I didn't really even know what I wanted to do with my life. I was just really kind of floating through life. I was managing this restaurant, so I had the appearance of success. I was very young um, and, and doing a lot of really seemingly. You're still very young, babe. Thank you. <laughs> oh. But um, If you got nothing from tonight, get that. <laughs> that was gold. I'm here for you, boys. Come on. But when he walked in, he, you know, he's like, he loves Jesus, and he's like, hey, I'm just here to make money so I can go serve Jesus. Yay, you know, and I was just like. Want, hang on a second. I, didn't nev I never said that, especially, <laughs> especially that way. I would, not ever. You were a tap dancer. No. He was well, very manly. <laughs> no, I, no, he was. Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just kind of, all right, keep going. All right. So, he, no, he was, very, he was just very, like, open about his relationship with God and why he was there and what he was getting ready to go do. And, I mean, he's like, I'm only here for a short time. I'm going to go serve the Lord. And I will never forget the thing that it wasn't, I mean, of course I thought, well, he's cute, but it wasn't like, I was like way not my type, man. Like he's way too joyful and like You can whatever. say wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, are you real? For, you know, are you for real? Because it was just so much joy and happiness coming out of him and I was not there you know I was like okay you churchy people all right all right take it easy there and so I will never forget the phone rang and I was like if, would you just excuse me for a moment I'm sorry I need to go get the phone so I stood up and he does the like thing to stand up like a gentleman and I was like oh okay got some manners Okay. Well, let me just clarify. I grew up in the South, and I think that it's not me trying to be mad. It was fear. Uh, I was afraid my mom was going to jump out from anywhere and be like, have you, I raised you better than that. She was in a different state. But you know that feeling where your mom could be watching you at any moment. So, I was, well, you know, there it was. But the, that, that kind of piqued my interest. You know, his, you know, he was very open about what he was doing. He knew who he was. He knew he had a purpose. He was respectful. And he showed me uh, attention 
without an agenda. He, was, he always came in, did a great job, super strong work ethic, great attitude, uh, and, and was very encouraging. He'd be like, hey, you look really nice today. You know, you, oh, I love your bag. You know, I mean, whatever. He, he was always just finding a Tap way. answer. <laughs> finding a way to <laughs> encourage me and, and just be nice. He was just, the thing that really stood out to me was that he was just very nice and wasn't trying to get something from me. And so I had never experienced that before. So it, it caught my attention. And we became really great friends because of that. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. That all of this sort of started to formulate on, on the basis of friendship. I mean, we really were just becoming friends. But, but mind you, it, the part of the story she sort of glossed over was she came to Christ in middle school and, and that bullying business started to happen. And she, she was like, Lord, I, how come the people in your house are treating me differently than the people outside of your house? How come the people out in the world are kinder, are nicer, are more gracious than the people who are, quote, serving you and are believers? So she's like, I don't want to have anything to do with this church business, but I like you. I love you. I want to know more about you. And so she knew a lot of the Bible. And those were those conversations we started to have. You know, we would start to say things to each other, and, and I would say something about the Bible, and she would go, oh, yeah, that's in Jeremiah. Who, who knows things like that? You know what I mean? Who, the, the manager who's out, like, smoking behind the dumpster doesn't know stuff about Jeremiah. Sorry, bad. I just put it right out there. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the person that doesn't match the Jesus profile doesn't know a lot about Scripture references. You know what I'm saying? So, all of a sudden, we start to have this dialogue, like, wait a minute, how come you know all of these things? And, and so, she tells me, yes, I'm a believer, but I'm not really, I'm not about that life. And, uh, and so, that's, that's where that started to become like, a, oh, well, these are things that we can talk about. And uh, the second part of that, st the, the second part of our story is, you know, we, we did become friends, you know, and, and it was just friends. And... Uh, I went to church, my family, like I said, my, my family was going to church at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church, which was a big church like this in Atlanta, um, kind of like an Andy Stanley type church. And uh, I went to, you know, the college Bible study. I was right out of New York. I didn't know anybody. And I went to church with my family and I walked in the door and uh, the pastor gets up there in front of the class to teach a Bible story. And he's like, I want everybody to take one of these, takes an envelope out of his pocket and starts to pass the envelope around the room. And everybody has taken a $5 bill out of the envelope. And I'm going, man, I love this place. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was a New Yorker. I was like, give me, give me those stacks on stack. Yes. Come on. So he, he gave everybody a $5 bill. There was a bunch of people in there. And he said, I want to tell you a story. And opens the Bible and starts to tell the, the parable of the 99 sheep and the one sheep. And if you don't know it, here's the story. There's a shepherd. And one of his sheep, he has 100 sheep. One of the sheep goes astray. And he leaves the 99 who are where they're supposed to be and goes after the lost sheep. Is this ringing any bells? Goes after the lost sheep, finds the sheep, and brings the sheep back to the fold, brings it back to the flock, and they have a party because the sheep has returned. And he looks at all of us, and he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this $5, and every single one of us knows a person who has gone away, who knows the Lord, who is a believer, but has made life choices to go away. He's like, I want you to take this $5 bill. I want you to take them to coffee and usher them back to Christ. Find out what is going on with that person. Say, hey, man, come back to Jesus. If you don't know somebody like that, every single person in this room knows somebody who does not know anything about Jesus. Take this $5, take that person to coffee, and lead them to Christ. And I sat back and I went, yeah, absolutely. And I, like I said, we were working at a restaurant, and so I knew, he said, think in your mind who that person is. And I knew who the person was. It was a bartender at this restaurant. His name was Derek. And I knew I was taking, 
I knew that I was taking no, Derek to coffee because he was a believer and he had gone away. And so I went to work that night, working on Sunday night. I'd, I'd gone to Bible study, though, so there it is. So I went to work that night, and, uh, and Derek was not there. Guess who was there? So Amanda comes out, and she goes, hey, check it out. Um, we've been working together for quite some time. And I said, yeah. And she goes, I've heard bits and pieces of your testimony. Do you want to, like, go to coffee and, like, tell me the rest of your story? I was like. It wasn't like that, y'all. I really wanted to know because I don't know if any of you all work in a restaurant. Anybody work in a restaurant right now or has ever? Okay. Not it's not like a super uplifting environment all of the time. Like there's some dark stuff going on in there. Except Chick-fil-A, right? Except Chick-fil-A. Yeah. My pleasure. Everybody's a Christian. My pleasure. <laughs> no, they're so, not. <laughs> it's not a super. I'm just kidding. Home, we know. love Chick-fil-A. So when somebody comes into a restaurant talking about Jesus and like miracles and provision of of the Lord in their life, I mean, word gets around. So everybody was like, did you hear about this Michael and this story and blah, 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 blah. And I like to hear stuff for myself. I don't like to just, I don't believe, I'm like, just, I came up to him and said, I want to hear you tell me the story because everybody's exaggerating. And, you know, apparently you've seen like the whole loaves and the fishes moment out there in New York. So I need to see, I need to hear it for myself. So let's go hang out. You can tell me for yourself how, how amazing your story is, right? I'm still like, We'll see, you know. So work ends. We both get in our separate cars. The only place in Roswell, Georgia that's open after 9.30 on Sunday night is, like, bars and Waffle House. So I was like, bars. No, I'm just kidding. I said Waffle House. Let's go to Waffle House. So we, we go to Waffle House. We sit down at the table. We're having this conversation. I tell her my testimony. And uh, find me later. I'll tell you stories from the Bronx that will blow your mind about what Jesus is doing in that place right now. But. Uh, so we sit down, we, we start talking about all this stuff that the Lord is doing in my life, and, and remind you, she has not been to church with me on Sunday when I got this $5. I, I said, listen, Amanda, i got to be honest with you, one of the reasons I wanted to come to coffee with you tonight is because there's this story in the Bible about these 99 sheep. So I tell her the story, and I said, here's the truth, I know that you know the Lord, and he has done a great thing in your life, but you've, you've gone away. I'm here having coffee with you and eating this waffle to say, come back. What is stopping you? And this is the part of the conversation where anyone in their right mind stands up, slaps my face, and is like, check it out, guy, I don't know. Who are you to tell me how to live my life? What, what is this? What's this moment? And she looks at me, and she goes, you know what? You're right. She said, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting for somebody to invite me back to tell me that that's the most important thing. And I'll be honest with you, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. I, I know that our God works that way. I know that he has a plan. I know that he's mighty and powerful. But in that moment, when she was like, thank you, I was like, thank you, Lord, great, right? She goes home and has like a moment with the Lord. She says, yes, I, I am ready. I am ready to be with you. Am I supposed to go, go for it? Okay. So I was, I was all that is true. And what I realized in talking with him that night is that I had, I had accepted Jesus as my savior, but I had never said yes to making him the Lord of my life. You know, there's a difference. I never said, okay, you get to define the boundaries of my life. You get to tell me where to go and, and, and how to serve and who to be. 
um, I was just taking from the Lord, but now I, w- I think I was ready. I mean, everything that I had done my way and in my strength and according to my plan had sort of let me down, and I was ready for some hope. I was ready for it to change, and I knew my way wasn't really working anymore. So when I went home that night, I did. I prayed, and it was like that prayer that you pray like, hey, Lord, it's been a while. It's me, you know, and I was like, I know that this hasn't happened for a while, but I really I really mean it this time. I'm like ready. I'm like ready to give it all to you. And and I was like, but I'm going to need a lot of help because I'm I'm kind of a mess. You know, I had a lot of bad habits. I had a lot of bad language and um, didn't dress like a church girl. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I had to like, I was going to have, it was going to take a 180 degree turn for me to, and, and I was really scared. I was scared to go to church. I was scared they wouldn't, wouldn't accept me. Um, I was scared I wasn't good enough. And so it, it was a big, it was a big scary step for me. But I said yes. And, and from that moment, God began to powerfully move in my life. I mean, just habits that had been so a part of my life for so long, literally. It, just, it was like they melted off of me in a matter of months. And the people that I worked with were like, who are you? Like, you don't even look like the same person. Your face looks different. Your hair looks different. You're, you're dressing different. You don't talk the same. Like, the words you're using, I mean, the way that you walk into a room, you are different. What is that? And it was just the only thing I could say was, it, it's Jesus. I mean, because I didn't want to stop a lot of those things. And I knew I couldn't, and I didn't have the strength to stop a lot of those things. So um, God drastically transformed my life the minute I said, yes, I really mean it. I'm all in. He made that total transformation possible. And, and Michael was there to kind of help keep me um, in, in, the, in the straight and narrow and help. He discipled me, you know, for a long time. For like a year, we were friends. And he helped me get back into church. And, and we connected with a group of friends that was like really sweet. And, and I joined the church and, and, and ended up going on a mission trip to Africa. I mean, stuff was just happening. And God revealed to me the call on my life. I mean... He was like, I went to Africa with this group of women, and I shared my testimony with these little ladies in a pile of corn in Africa. It was amazing. And, like, ten of them came to Christ, and the Lord was like, you're going to teach for me. And I was like, yeah, I am. This is awesome, you know. And so, I mean, I came back, and I was like, I'm going into ministry. Do girls go to seminary? I don't know how any of this works. You know, is that okay? And Michael's like, cool, I'm, I'm going too. You can come with me, <laughs> you know. So we ended up, like, going to school actually in Atlanta together. And um, all, through all of this, we were friends, you know, and just kept becoming Let's talk about the nitty gritty. Yes, we only so have now she's minutes. different, right? And so now we go into the, ready for this? A, B, C phase. A phase, hanging out. Chilling, right? Going to the Christian chicken, eating fries together. Chilling. Could have been anybody. Happened to be us. Buds. B phase, girls. <laughs> Get to B phase. All of a sudden, there's the, what's, uh, we're hanging out, like, a lot. Like, what is this? What are we, what are we, what are we? What are we doing here? All of you are, you, you get it. I see All, that. I see every that. Every single one of these girls is like, be yeah. fa- like, real. Like, do you like me? Is this a thing? What is happening? So, B phase, A phase is the longest phase, hangout phase. Then you get to B phase. It's like, what's happening here? And then you slip into C phase. Like, I need a moment. If we're C not together, I need a minute. like, if we don't know what this is. I'd be like, I need to recover. We're not hanging out. We're not calling each other. We're not talking. We're not texting. Like, no. which is horrible because, mind you, we're working together. We're going to school together. We're going to the same Bible study class. We're going to church together. 
blah, 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 right? Have to see C him phase, everywhere. C phase lasts two weeks because C phase is the worst phase of your life. All of a sudden, you're like, <laughs> I hate not being with this person. Slip back in A phase. Just hang out. <laughs> hang out. So we started doing ABC for over a year. Seriously, just, just like, what is that? Finally. I just want to say for the record, I knew, and I told him, I think we should date. I finally got, had to put it out there because I was like, look, you like me. You she like says, me. <laughs> she says, I think we should date. And I said, I think we're no. doing like a Paul Timothy thing here. He I really literally said, said that. that. He did. He did. He said, this she is temporary. I'm going to go do ministry and you're going to be here. And I, I don't said, know what's going on there. I said, we'll see. So here's what happened. I did. So our, my entire family, said, we'll everyone see. I know, everyone <laughs> I know is like, everyone I know is like, date this person. And Thank I'm like, you. none of y'alls know what you're talking about. This is not, I don't tell know. Tell them though. Tell them how you knew. Tell them so that we can, because we have three now. <laughs> here's the deal. <laughs> You know, this, you know this story about how Moses goes to the Pharaoh and it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart so he could continue to re reveal miracle after miracle? Mind you, a, seriously, a miraculous transformation is going on with her. And God's hand is so apparently on my life and changing both of us that there was like a thing going on. Us not keeping it holy and us like doing whatever we want was not even close to an option it, because of a fear, because of a fear of not getting to give him all the glory. And that sounds like church talk, but I'm telling you a secret. There was, there was so much happening with us and with him that all the rest of this stuff was like, it's not even an option. So we go to coffee again later, and I am very smooth. Notice this. We go to coffee, and it was, it was the time. I was going to ask her out and, like, really say this is the thing. And she's bringing the coffee up to her mouth, and I just launch out on this thing. Not smooth. Just like, I, I love you, and I'm so, we, we need to be together because the Lord, I've been praying about it, and things have Because we should really, there's like a thing happening. i just babbling. Just, <laughs> what? And she's literally there mid-drink, like, We both burst into tears, and in that moment, it was like, we cannot be here at this coffee house anymore. We need to go, like, somewhere we can, like, All be of the together. Waffle House ladies were like. Uh-huh. So here's the fast-forward. for this to happen. The super fast-forward version. Yeah. The super fast-forward version is we go back to my dad's house, and we pray together. And in this moment, it was like the scales fall off, the hardness of the heart falls off. And it was so clear that in that moment, the Lord was like, now. Now is the time. I was 27 years old. We were older. I knew me. She knew her. The Lord was working. We had put up like crazy amount of barrier in between all those things. First of all, I never went over to her apartment like hanging out late at night. Dummies. Don't they do don't that. They don't have apartments yet. I'm, I'm saying don't do that. But when you do, don't. <laughs> didn't do that, right? If, if, if I was somewhere with her and it got to be after 10 o'clock, I would literally get up and leave. And she was like, where are you? What is happening? Because I know myself, right? That's the first thing you got to do in a relationship. A, know him. B, know you before you know them. That's crucial. Know him. He will tell you who you are. 
and then he will reveal to you who they are. Does that make sense? So all of a sudden we're dating. To answer your next question, we dated for... Two months. <laughs> and then we I got engaged. You. I was right. I hated that moment. We got engaged. Second Baptist calls and is like, it felt like I was being punked. They were like, hey, we know, you, we know who you are. We know you don't know who we are. We'd like to talk to you. I was like, hello? <laughs> we had been engaged one week and I flew out here. And it was so obvious this is what God wanted us to do. Mind you, this is the scenario, okay? I had been in seminary two semesters. It's like you playing t-ball, and the Yankees come and watch you play t-ball, and they ask you to pitch the World Series. That's what it was like. It was like, what? So I fly back on her birthday, and I'm like, hey, uh, how do you feel about Texas? And she's like, nah. I'm like, let's pray about it. We get married. Mind you, we're engaged in October. We get married in December. So we dated four months before we were married, basically, is the story. All that to say, because the Lord was working so quickly in our life, there was no time for the rest of that junk. There was no time for like, well, maybe we mess around a little bit and then figure things out. By the way, we didn't kiss each other until we, I now pronounce you man and wife moment. It was a really great first kiss. But here's why. I was really, I will say, I, was, I, know, I know we don't have tons of time, but I will say that was really hard for me because our culture tells you that you need to, you know, be desirable and be desired. And, and we think that the only way to express care and, and affection is through physical contact, right? So when he was like, I don't think we should kiss each other, I was like, no, no, that's not a good plan. I don't, I don't think so. And, uh, but I submitted because, ladies, we got to learn how to do that. That's, that's exciting and awesome. You know, we'll say that. Um, but we did, we, you know, at first I resisted. I did not like that. It was really frustrating and, and, and uncomfortable for me because I thought that that only made sense. If you like someone, you kiss that person, right, you know. But I learned over time that he was protecting my reputation. He was protecting my, char my character and protecting what God was doing in my life. And that was the best way and the most helpful way in the most profound way that he could express his care for me by protecting me in that way and it also made it really exciting looking forward to getting married and having that time as a married couple because we hadn't already gone there you know so many people don't do that and then they get married and it's like well so this is just another day it was not just another day for us it was a new beginning and it was awesome in every way and and I know that sounds like really far-fetched and hard to do but it was a huge blessing and it changed the first year of our life because we you know, chose to protect one another in that way. And, and um, we, we could tell you, we could talk for hours and hours, but I will say, you know, if I was back where you guys are, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I would, t I would just say, you know, God knows that you don't want to be alone. And he hasn't built you to be alone for the rest of your life. He knows we crave companionship and affirmation and love, and, and we were built for partnership. And, and God has someone for you, for most of you. Most of you will get married, you know. Most of you will find that someone. 
I tried for most of my life to find that person, to be appealing to that person, to make that person the person, right? And, and tried to make it happen, right? But what God has taught me through this story, um, through our love story, is that if you place your life and your heart first in his care, in his hands, that he will be able to reveal the amazing love story he has just for you. It's not like anyone else's story, and it's a perfect fit. We have a perfect fit in an awesome marriage. Life is really hard. You need an awesome partner alongside you that, that you didn't have to convince to be there, that wants to be there and is about you and is able to think about you before they think about themselves. That's one of the hardest parts about marriage, learning that it's not about you anymore. It's always and forever about someone else first. First Jesus, then that spouse. They have to be your first concern. And if you want to help them and fix them, you've got to start with you. And that's when you know you're ready. When you're ready to make it about everyone else before it's about you, then you're ready to take that step. Um, but I didn't have to make that happen. All I had to do was place my life in the hands of the author of love, and he created this amazing story that I could never have contrived on my own. So I just want to encourage you to know him. Know him so that you can find out who you are so that he can reveal your love story to you. Because ours is like, you're like, maybe you're like, that's not for me. That sounds way too, whatever. He has a story for you that will excite you and just light you on fire. And you'll spend every day, like, super pumped to be with that person like we are. We're team Tadlock. We're so happy. And we're, we're so happy to be able to share with you. We love you guys. <laughs> and um, I thank you guys so much for your, your testimony, not on the stage, but in life, and just, just watching you guys, and my wife and I praying for you guys for various things, and um, man, thank you for sharing right now, and uh, it, it really is encouraging to me, and it, I, I can't imagine, you know, at your age, seeing something like this up here, it's got to be awesome, but I, I, I hope you heard one thing, and I don't know what that was, but I know for me, it was over and over again was just knowing him first. And once we know him, then everything else comes after that. And so tonight I want to make sure that we all know him. And so with no one looking around.